Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. This week on the show, our pop culture news, we talk about the book and audiobook Airborne by Kenneth Oppel and Fortune Cookies. It is March 2022, and you're listening to Lunchbox Reaction. Welcome back, everyone. My name is Brian, and this week I am joined as always by my two wonderful co hosts, Linnea. Hello. And Evan. Hello. Hello to you both. All right, let's just jump right into it. Our pop culture news. Who would like to go first? I'll go first. So on Monday, it was my birthday. And this isn't really a pop culture thing. It's just I'm happy because (laughs) I got a new plant just to be in my room. Spider plant. Spider plant. (laughs) Yes. I got a spider plant and it makes me very happy whenever I wake up to look on my desk and see a little happy spider plant. I'm sure you've noticed this, Evan, but I have a plant in my room, too. I like having a plant in my room because it's nice to have something green there that you can see when you wake yeah. up, isn't it? I, I don't know if you know this, but the plant that I have in my room belonged to my grandpa. Ooh. Yeah. When he passed away many, many years ago, I just grabbed it out of his apartment. They were getting rid of stuff. They were going to throw it out, and I kept it. I've just kept it growing all these years. So every morning when I see that, I, I think, oh, my grandpa. Linnea. Why why don't you have a plant? I used to. Okay. You used to? <laughs> she used to. What? You did? I don't remember that. What plant did you have? It was like in third grade. I had two, and I named them Mossy and Rainy because I had to water them. One time in my science class, in like second and third grade, I think, in science, you get to own little plants yeah, in elementary school they'd always give you little plants to grow and, and then you like make them throughout like a month and then you get mm-hmm. to take them home <laughs> once and i one time we made like this giant sunflower plant thing and when i brought it home i planted it and it was it was growing very good until one day like some deer just randomly came up and ate it it's very annoying and sad. Yeah, it was really sad when that happened. We had it in our little front garden in the front of our house. Yeah, it looks so pretty. And, and there's about a, nice a plant. there's about a two foot fence around it, and the deer had come by and chopped it off right at about the two foot mark. So we got home and there was, there was this stalk. Oh, it was sad. I we would screw a flower in our science class, and I brought it outside and planted it. And like the day right after, like the flower finally bloomed, a bunny came and ate it. So no. <laughs> We have so many, like, pests in our yard that aren't bugs. Well, I know. Are, are bunnies pests? Yes, they eat, they eat your flowers. <laughs> okay. I mean, they're good for the environment, aren't they? Not when they, Not eat, when they flowers. eat flowers. No. They're so emotionally damaging their environment. I guess you should be happy that there's foxes around that eat the bunnies. Yeah, I am happy about that. But only when they eat the flowers. <laughs> okay. We've gone far afield, but uh, who wants to go next? Linnea, do you want to? I'll go next. Mine is that the Stranger Things Season 4 release date is announced. So the first half is going to be on Netflix on May 27th, and the second half is on July 20th. No, July 1st. You excited for that? Mm Mm-hmm. Can you even remember what happened in the previous season? It's been Mm -hmm. a while, hasn't it? 
Yeah. When was the last season out? It was like during the Fourth of July, like so, a few years ago. I mean, it was it was before the pandemic happened, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was like the year before the pandemic. <laughs> I remember, like me and Linnea, we wanted to like, did we binge the whole thing at like the Fourth of July? Yeah, yeah, we binged the whole series. We watched, I remember we watched like the first half, and then we had to go to this like fireworks show, and I was annoyed because I didn't, I wanted to keep watching Stranger Things, yeah. and then we went back and just watched it into the night we watch so much stranger things that night well my news this week is that the show voltron is once again being optioned to make a movie uh this has happened before and it never panned out so i don't know if it'll happen this time but apparently there's a big bidding war in hollywood to make a movie out of voltron uh now do you remember what voltron is I know that it's an animated show on Netflix. It's like Power Rangers, kind of, except it's more serious and for older people, I think. As with most things, anime, it started out as a Japanese show, and then they brought it over here to the U.S., and it, it was on after school when I was in, oh, probably I'd say eighth grade. I'd go home and watch Voltron every day, so this was, we're talking like 1985 or 86 or so the the one that you're thinking of, Evan, the Netflix one, that's a much newer version. I think that was 2016. Actually, that was the one that was, that was thinking of. <laughs> oh, is that the one you were thinking of? Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So now they're thinking about making a movie, and there's a big bidding war. And I don't know. I mean, I I think it would be cool. They could do a lot with CG and make it look like big giant robots. The premise is is that there's five of these robots that look like lions. They're called lions, and then they combine and make this giant robot called Voltron. It's Power Rangers. Yeah, kind of like Power Rangers, yeah. I wonder which came first, Power Rangers or Voltron. I don't know. I think they both like served in Japan, though. Yeah, yeah, I'm just wondering timeline. I'm not going to look it up right now, though, but anyway. So that's my news. Now on to our discussion about Kenneth Apple's book, Airborne. Airborne is a young adult novel by Kenneth Oppel and was published in 2004. The novel is set in a world similar to ours where giant airships are the primary form of air transportation across the oceans. The book takes place aboard a transoceanic luxury passenger airship, the Aurora, and is told from the perspective of its cabin boy, Matt Cruz. The book received many awards, including the Governor General's Award for Children's Literature, the Red Maple Award, the Ruth and Sylvia Schwartz Children's Book Award, and made the 2006 International Board on Books for Young People list. The audiobook version, narrated by David Kelly and a full cast, won the 2007 Audi Award for Children's Titles for Ages 12+. plus. All right, so that's a little introduction to the book that we're going to talk about this week, Airborne. On the website, I was reading that it's aimed at grades 6 to 9. What what do you two think of that? Does that sound about right? Mm-hmm. I feel like it could just be aimed for anyone in middle school or up, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I really enjoy this book. <laughs> yeah, and you're old. And I'm old, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I first discovered this book when your mom and I were taking a vacation, and we were driving across... Canada, and we're just flipping through the radio stations, and one of their public radio stations has an hour every day where they just would read chapters out of books, apparently, (laughs) and they were reading a chapter out of this book, and I was just totally entranced. They read maybe one, two chapters, and the minute we got home, I ordered this book because I wanted to read it. I was like, what what happened? What two chapters was it? Well, it it must have been the very beginning. Uh. 
Yeah, because I think if you would have stumbled on it in the middle, I probably would have been going, what? I'm pretty sure it was the beginning because we, it was all the introduction to Matt and the airships and things like that. So that's how I first found this book. And then I've always wanted to share it with you because I found it so engaging. One of the things I like about this book is that it feels like our world and yet it's not. Did that stand out to you? Yeah, I imagined it being a world that's like kind of steampunky. What were the clues or things that, that stood out that made you feel that? I felt like the second that I realized that the main transportation in this world was airships, I was like, oh, this, isn't, this is not real life. This would not be something that was going to happen. No one had any modern technology to use. So there's nothing in the story that says it's any particular year or time, but, but you get the feel, at least I do, that it, it feels kind of like a Victorian... Like all the girls were wearing like floofy dresses. Yeah, yeah. All the all the women were wearing skirts and dresses, and and everyone was very prim and proper. What Maybe was that? The eighteen hundreds or mm-hmm. something. And and there was a time when people were traveling by airships, but that pretty much went out. You know, when the airplane was invented, and it it seems like in this world. In this there, world, maybe instead, <laughs> airplanes were just like a minor thing, and then basically just got overrun by air ships mm-hmm. or whatever. Now, this world has something that our world doesn't have, and they call it hydrium. Yeah. Wait, that's not a real thing? No. Uh. No. I think I think it's supposed to be like hydrogen or helium. It, it's a, it's a lighter-than-air gas, and in our world, you know, there was a big problem when, when they were making these big airships that they would use hydrogen, but if they caught on fire, it would just, it was like a giant flying bomb because hydrogen is extremely flammable. So basically in this world, since that doesn't happen... Right, right. so in this world, it's almost like there's another element that we don't have called hydrium, which which is it, somehow, it, it's it's much safer than the gases that I we have. I thought that was a real and thing. And it smells like mango. Nope, nope. <laughs> it's not, it's made up. Yeah, and it smells like mango, yeah. So that makes this possible and much easier, I think, than than it was in our in our world, so... Any other things like names? Do the, na- the do you remember any of the names of places? Like I remember Lionsgate. Yeah, Lionsgate City, and we were talking about that. That's someplace in Canada. It was it Vancouver? I think. I think is where that's supposed to be. All the names are slightly different. So the so what we call the Pacific Ocean, they call it the Pacificus, and they have the Atlanticus. They're slightly different. So it's it's, it's kind of like, like a parallel universe. Yeah, it's like a parallel universe. Yeah, but it's close to ours so we can still enjoy it except in this world blimps and stuff were bigger because airplanes were more expensive or something so our main character is matt he is how old would you think he is didn't they say Maybe he like was like 13 oh he's, he's a, or wait he's no 13? he's 15 or 6 i don't know yeah i thought he was about 14 or 15 and i think kate the young woman that he meets, I believe she's about 15 too. So Matt is our protagonist. We see everything, pretty much everything in the story through his eyes. Uh, what did you think about him? Was he... I thought he was like in his early 20s. Oh, really? <laughs> All the characters were like in their 20s. He's a pretty interesting character. I like his whole past about how his dad also worked on the ship. And also like the whole start of the book that introduces every buddy to everything it's it's very cool and i like his narration skills 
being a cabin boy, what what does he what does he think he's good at? He's good at being able to navigate his ship and be sneaky. <laughs> yeah. He's light as air, apparently. He always talks about that, being lighter than air, yeah. What are some things you think he's bad at? Or, or I mean, you know, being a protagonist, he always probably portrays himself as good, but, I mean, is there anything that he's not good at that he could improve on? I don't think he's that good at, like, talking to people. <laughs> I feel like he does not have very good social skills. Yeah, I can see that. Maybe he needs to be better at empathizing with other people. Yeah. There's a point in the book where he's expecting a promotion and, and he doesn't get it, and he's he's pretty bitter at the person who took it from him, even though once once we find out it wasn't even really that person's fault. He, I think he still kind of holds a grudge against him. So, yeah, so... So he still has some some growing and learning to do, which you know, which is which is normal. And I think I think it's a well written character that we can see that. Kate, a young woman that he meets, who is another major part of the story. What what did you think about her? She was very interesting. Like she has some adv- she has an adventurous grandpa, a rich family. Like, what does this girl not have? <laughs> What would you describe her personality like? Adventurous. Adventurous, yeah. Seems like she's almost kind of like in her own world a lot. <laughs> kind of like you. It's like know? she kind of just expects people are going to do things. Like she wanders into the woods and just expects Matt to follow her. Right, yeah. <laughs> she's very feisty, I think. Mm-hmm. She expects things to go her way. And I think she, I think she gets frustrated kind of easily, doesn't mm-hmm. she? If things don't immediately go her way, I think she, the the author talks about her nostrils getting narrow. She also does not have the best social skills. <laughs> they have something in common, yay! So yeah, so they're the main two characters. What about what do you think about their interactions with each other? Do they seem like fifteen year olds? Yeah, sure. Sort of. Yeah. Sort of, Linnea. Linnea do, they seem, <laughs> do they seem like you in any way, Linnea? I don't know. <laughs> Do they seem like people you would see at your school? I mean, I don't know. They People at my school don't wander into the jungle and chase down mysterious creatures. There's a time difference. Yeah. You know, the Victorian ages versus now, so it's hard to compare people now. I find their interactions very fun. I find them, just from a class standpoint, you know, Matt thinks that she's upper class, which arguably she is. So there's a lot of things that he can't do around her or can't say or, or and, you know, she wants him to do these things and he's like and he says, No, I, I can't. You know, that's against protocol and so he's all for protocol and she's all for who cares? Let's just get out and do stuff. <laughs> <laughs> because she's sick of the protocol. She, you know, she so it's kind of they're each coming from their own world and trying to navigate that and I think that's that's part of their interaction that I enjoy. Now I don't want to give away too many spoilers or give away things, but the book starts off with finding a man in a hot air balloon who's who's dying breath. You know, he's muttering some things, and he has a journal. He's talking about like beautiful creatures. What What did you think of his journal when when we got to read some of that, or when when Matt That's read the it? Part that I wasn't paying attention to in the car. Uh oh. <laughs> uh um yeah me too. Truth <laughs> Not comes really. out. Uh oh. Like he. The part why I started paying attention is when he walked out to Kate, and he's like, I read the journal. And she was like, did you like it? He was like, yeah. I think it was, like, something about him seeing, like, the the creatures, like, 
have babies and then they, the babies start flying immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember for when we started reading it in fifth grade, <laughs> that there were drawings of the creatures. And then there's that one baby that couldn't fly and it fell. Yeah. So so full disclosure, we, I've read the book. I started reading the book. Was it just to you, Lanier, or was it to Evan, too? Both of us. So I was reading it both to you a few years ago, and for some reason we never finished. And then we recently took a long car trip, and we listened to the audio book, which was the full full book, so it was all there. So you you two were zoning out a little there? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we zoned out a few times. Okay. I zoned out at the beginning because I I remembered a lot more than I thought I did because we kept getting to the end of chapters and I was like yeah that's that's where we stopped reading but then you just start another chapter and I was like wait no I remember this too <laughs> so okay. I think the point where we stopped reading was like right after they had entered the like pirates camp oh okay all right so pirates yeah let's let's talk about that so every book needs a good antagonist and this book has Vikram Spearglass a pirate what did you think of of him I thought he was nice at the beginning, but then he was mean. He ha- he's probably has like ADHD or something. He can change emotions very quickly. Does that make him scarier there? Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> yeah. When he has a gun. Right. Yeah, the, the book is not very subtle about the lengths that a pirate will go to, is it? I mean, it's just kind of out of the blue, bam. <laughs> yeah. Like he's nice and then two seconds later he can like shoot somebody in the head. Mm-hmm. He's right. like, oh, I don't want to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. I don't want to do this. And then somebody is like, hey, captain. And then everybody's dead. I think he makes a, a pretty good villain. What's interesting is that later in the book we see a like a different side of him. So does he ever become sympathetic to he's you? Like, sympathetic towards his son he's a nice guy when he's not a pirate (laughs) it's like he thinks the only other people that matter in the world is just like his one kid (laughs) and then his his wife who died (laughs) and then some of his pirates i guess so the ship the aurora it's an ever present presence in the story does the aurora feel like a character or is it just a setting yeah everyone describes it as being a character He's like, oh no, she's hurt. We have to fix her. How do you see her? Did did you feel that the Aurora was a character? Uh, I kind of felt like it was a character. I felt like I didn't feel like the Aurora was like a character or like a place. I just I felt like the Aurora was kind of just like a setting of the book, a a part of the book. So again, I don't want to give away too much for people who haven't read it, but I I would divide the story into maybe four parts. We have our opening scenes where we we meet Matt. So we have our pirate attack, and then we have, I'm going to call it, the first adventure after the pirate attack, and then what I'm going to call the second adventure after the pirate attack. Hopefully you guys know what I'm talking about. Which part, if any, was your favorite? Or, or was there no favorite? <laughs> mm, which part was your favorite? My favorite part would probably be I, I like the middle between the first adventure and the second adventure. I just like that whole area. Mainly because I I just like hearing the cook of the Aurora. He seems like a nice guy. <sighs> yeah, the cook is a great character. And then there's also that one worker who sounds like Kermit the Frog. Yeah, one of the guys in the audio book, every time he talked, it was like, oh, Kermit the Frog is on this airship. Wait, who? 
I don't know. His roommate, Bass? No, I no. Don't, we never remembered his name. It was but like he sounded just like Kermit the Frog. Yeah. Hmm. Did you not hear us talking about it in the back seat? Uh, I guess not. <laughs> I don't remember that. Like, Mom was talking to us, too, and you were just there driving. I'm going to say my favorite part of the book was probably the the first adventure, first big adventure they had after the pirate attack. I thought that was where it was pretty much Matt and Kate exploring and discovering some pretty cool things. So. I think that was my favorite part, too. Now, over the many years, this came out in 2004, so it's been out for quite a while now. There have been lots of people talking about turning this into a movie. Do you think it would make a good movie? Yeah, I would say. Especially nowadays, it's all the, like... Uh, when the book was released, I feel like it would be kind of hard, but now with all, like, the CGI and stuff, it would be way easier. Yeah, I, I have... For years, I've been excited about seeing a movie of this, but it just never happens. People buy the rights to it, and then they don't do anything with it, and it's... <laughs> the rights just return to the author and then he sells them to someone else to buy the rights and then they don't do anything with it. So at this point, I don't know if we'll ever see a movie of it. It's It's been a while now. but I, If we do ever see a movie about it, we'll talk about it on Lunchbox Reaction. Yep, yeah. Now there are two more books in this series. Are you? Would you be interested in following more Adventures of Matt? Yes, I would, because that sounds fun. I think the first book by itself, though, like it's just pretty good by itself. Oh yeah, yeah, it's it's a totally complete story. You don't have to read any more to to get anything out of it. Yeah. Uh, another question I had: Does this book feel similar to any other things you've seen, other movies, other TV, other media? So I'm thinking specifically of the, uh, you know, there's a book called Treasure Island. Which, I don't think I've read that. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's an animated movie called Treasure Planet. There's 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. I haven't heard uh, of Yeah, there, I mean, there's lots of... There's Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow, which is a movie that was kind of steampunky set in the past, but seems futuristic. So there's all kinds of things that have kind of this flavor. I forgot what the book is called, but there was like a comic book that I got a while ago about like this... <laughs> about like the steampunk world where... People like try and fly airships oh, into yeah. space. I remember that, Evan. Yeah. yeah, I could try and find that. That was. A, I was thinking we should talk about that book sometime. But it, we only had the first book, and I think the story kind of ended on a cliffhanger. Yeah. So I'd really like to read the second. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I can't remember the name of it, but yeah, that that would be uh, that would be similar to this. Another thing that this book reminds me of would be uh, would be Miyazaki. Oh, yeah. I was going to say Kiki. Yeah, yeah, Kiki, right, because it's it's got, air, yeah, oh, very much Kiki. It's got airships, it's got big city, flying. I mean, anything with flying, it just makes me think of Miyazaki. And, yeah, yeah, oh, Kiki yeah. has a whole story of, of that airship. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Also, like, Nausicaa with all those airships and stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah. also Howl's Moving Castle has <laughs> airships. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so so if they ever did an animated version of this, I think Miyazaki would have to do it. Right? Do you think it'd be better if it was animated or live action? Ooh, that's a good question. I feel like it would be very pretty if it was animated, but it would draw in more attention if it was live action. I think 
if it were animated in the style of, of Miyazaki, I think I would like that. But if it was any other kind, if I think I'd rather 3D have a live action. If it was 3D animation, I would hate it. Yeah. Yeah, no, no 3D animation. Yeah. And then I guess last but not least, so we've mostly been talking about the book, so maybe just a few minutes, just about the audio version. What What did you two think outside of the story? How did you think the audio version of the book was? I like the voice of the chef. Yeah. <laughs> I like that Kermit the Frog guy. <laughs> Yeah, I thought I thought the voice acting was was fun. I think they all did a good job. I at times I kept thinking that Matt it felt like his narration versus when he was talking seemed really different to me at sometimes. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're not able to be like telling which one is different, so maybe it's for the better in that yeah, case. Yeah. Yeah, so narration versus talking. Yeah. That could be why he did it. It's just every once in a while I found it, it just in my head. I kept thinking, boy, he, he sounds really different than when he's just narrating. Well, you know um, how you like sound different <laughs> to yourself mm-hmm. than you sound to everybody else? Sure. Yeah, I, that I could be it. That could be it, yeah. So, yeah, the audiobook, I'd highly recommend it. It was about eight hours, I think. It's a long book. Yeah. But we were in the car for like 56 hours, so... <laughs> Okay. So yeah, if you're going on a a trip and want to listen to a good audiobook with a full cast, I'd recommend it. Yeah, that's good. So, uh, wrapping up, how would you rate uh, Airborne by Kenneth Apple? When I I just like looked at me and like moved her eyebrows up and down like so randomly. (laughs) I don't know why. Look at me, Linnea. Look at me. I can't. No, because I'm laughing. Oh, okay. (laughs) Okay. Um, <laughs> I just did it again. Oh my right. god. Anyways, anyway. I'm gonna rate it an eight point five oh, out of ten. That's, that's about what I was gonna give it. Eight point five out of ten. I'll yeah. give it an eight point five out of ten too. Well, there wow. you go. We're all so original here on okay. Lunchbox Reaction. All right. So yeah, if you're looking for a good book to read with your kids or if you are a kid and want to read it, go for it. It's a it's a fun read and we hope you enjoy it as much as we did. All right. Now let's move on and read some fortune cookies. Who would like to go first and read their fortune? I'll go first because mine's probably the boringest. Okay. It's one I've gotten like lots of times before. Why stop your revolution just because it's the weekend? Yeah, I remember getting that before. Wait, what, why stop your what? Revolution. Oh, revolution. Okay. I'm not having a revolution. <laughs> I'm just In trying my head, to live I a life I heard you here. say resolution. So, <laughs> okay. Mine was a great person was born on your birthday. Oh, that was my. Was it, that doesn't year? imply that it's you. Well, yeah. See, that's the thing. So, someone else that was great was born on Gandhi my birthday. Gandhi was born on your birthday, <laughs> Dad. Isn't that great? Mine has like, I mine has vla. I don't know how to pronounce this word. It's like the something of life makes it fun. Here, Dad, can you pronounce that? Why don't you ask me? No. Volatility. Volatility. See, I know what that word means. You could have asked me. I've never heard that word before. So read it all together. The volatility of life is what makes it fun. All right. Ooh, and my lucky number is one. Oh, there you go. Do you only have one lucky number? And five. 
and 14, and 28, and 36, and 41. There's like six nucky numbers every time. Okay, well, that wraps up this episode of Lunchbox Reaction. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. You can find us online at lunchboxreaction.net. You can find us on Twitter at lunchboxreaction. I'd like to thank my host, Evan. That's me. And Linnea. Goodbye. You said Linnea second. That means you forgot her name. No, I did you one order the first. I did Linnea first and you second. And then when I when I leave, <laughs> I go you first and Linnea second. See, I try, to, I try to even it out so you both are first once. You forgot Linnea's name. I did not forget Linnea's name. Anyway, we'll catch you all next week. So long. Goodbye. See you at the lunch table. <laughs>